The podcast you're about to hear was made with Anchor. You can use Anchor to make a podcast right from your phone, no experience necessary. Plus, it's completely free. Get the app at anchor.fm slash podcast. Hi, welcome to Credit Week. Join me as we discuss the history, myths, and components of the credit score. Hi, this is Chris, and welcome to Popcorn Finance. I hope you're all doing well, and thanks for joining me here on Popcorn Finance, where we discuss the finance issues that we all deal with and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. This is week three here uh, for the station on Anchor.fm, and I decided that this week would be all about credit. And when you think about credit, you think about the credit score. And I think the credit score is probably one of the most misunderstood concepts that we that we have today. I've heard so many myths, so much bad information, just incorrect information about the credit score and how it works that I thought it would be a good topic to cover on the show. Throughout this week, I want to talk about the, the credit score and its history. Where did it come from? How did it become what we know of today um, the myths that surround it there's like I said there's so much false information around the credit score I want to kind of just delve into some of those and also the components of the credit score what factors go into computing that three-digit score that we all see so now that you know this week's topic please feel free to call in leave me your comments and questions anything in particular you'd like to touch on that maybe I didn't mention um, already I really want to be able to provide the information that you want to hear because something may sound interesting to me but maybe there's something else that you'd rather hear about when it comes to uh, credit and credit scores thanks for taking some of your time to listen and hope you enjoy this week's topic credit So when I started my research on the credit score, I didn't really realize how interesting it was going to be and kind of how deep the history was. So I'm going to try and condense this information down as much as I can, but please, when you have some time, go out there and just research the credit score in the history of our credit system. There's a ton of information out there. So the story of the credit score begins with businesses struggle to determine credit worthiness of individuals. And this is something that businesses have been struggling with for hundreds of years. It's it's always a gamble when you're allowing someone to purchase something without paying you right up front or when you're lending them money and determining if they're trustworthy enough to actually pay that money back to you. Many years ago, credit worthiness was just a, a judgment call. I mean, banks would make decisions on if they wanted to lend you money based off of really first-hand accounts from other people. So other merchants who you may have gone and purchased things from, they would ask them, has this person actually paid you back? Did they pay you back in a timely manner? They would go so far as to find out things about you as a person. They would go ask around, learn about your character. Uh, they would learn about your social and political affiliations, even get out, get information about your sex life. Whether or not a bank would lend you money was really a matter of your reputation and, I mean, really, if they even liked you. There are times, I mean, they've shown this in movies many times where people would get dressed up, they'd want to look their best when they go into the bank to ask for a loan because maybe they don't like the way you look. And maybe it's just the clothes you wear, maybe it's the race you are, maybe it's your gender. There were many things that, uh, that the banks could use to determine whether or not they wanted to give you money and there was no real standardized reasoning or practice for determining if someone was credit worthy. 
Over the years, there were many different credit bureaus that kind of popped up and were in charge of kind of tracking this information. They would record these details about a person, their credit history, their reputation, and there would be a place where lenders could go to kind of check up on a person before they gave them any money. During the 1960s, as computers began to gain popularity as tools in the, the business world, these credit agencies decided that they wanted to digitize these credit records that they were keeping on everyone uh, versus keeping these huge you know, file cabinets and storage rooms of paper documents on every individual that they were tracking. What was surprising to me was that there was a lot of uproar over the fact that these companies wanted to digitize these records. And I was just surprised because, I mean, there was no internet. So and I'm thinking, you know, I'd be upset if they were going to, you know, digitize my records if there's a chance it could be, you know, hacked, the system could be hacked into and someone can gain access to my files. But I guess that's the fear we have of privacy and safety of records isn't something that is unique to our time. Apparently, this has been going on for, for decades, this fear of, of records being digitized and who will have access to those files. I found an interesting quote from a privacy advocate at the time. Uh, his name was Alan Weston, and he, was, uh, he wrote this quote in reference to um, the credit system as it existed as a whole, um, but definitely in response to uh, the, the desires to digitize these records uh, by the credit agencies. Um, and he says, go where you may to purchase goods. A character has preceded you, either for your benefit or your destruction. What he's saying here is that you can choose to shop wherever you want, but your character in your credit report, your credit worthiness that's out there, uh, it's already beat you to the store. Those merchants already have access to it, and maybe it's going to help you out. Maybe there's something good on there, and they're excited to, to let you make a purchase or lend you money, or they've already seen something that's made them feel that there's no way they're going to give you a penny. All right, I'm going to take a quick break here, uh, but when I come back, I'm going to continue this discussion on the history of our credit system and um, some legislation that came following this uh, 1960s um, kind of movement towards digitization and the pushback um, from the privacy advocates. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back soon. I'm broke, people, man, too. I got, I got the, I got, you guys get the credit cards? There's a lot of pressure with the credit cards. Anybody under the credit card pressure? You ever been really close to your limit on your credit card? You go to like Vons, you swipe your card for those 80 bucks worth of groceries, then you gotta wait them 15 anxious seconds while that machine determines your fate in front of a line full of nosy mother men. They should let you put up a curtain like a voting booth, you know what I mean? I'm paying! Because then the pressure's on. You don't know whether to prey on the machine real hard or think of some kind of exit strategy just in case, you know? And when you get approved, you got to be cool, man. you got to act like you've been there before. If it's your neighborhood, you know what I mean? you get approved, you can't be like, woo Suckers! Anybody here ever get the client? I won't pick on you, I promise. Anybody here ever get the client? I just like asking people what they do. What'd you do when you got the client, dude? What'd you do? I uh, got another credit card. A classic! Whipped out another credit card, people. That takes some stones, man. Seriously. Sorry, sir, your car got declined. Uh, f try this one then, would you? Uh, yeah. Have you guys ever seen the variation of that move when they're ringing the shit up and people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Could you put like half on this card? Like nine bucks on this card? I was doing a show recently, I'm like, hey, anybody here get the client? This lady's like, I got, I got the client. I go, I go, what'd you do when you get the client? She goes, uh, I wrote a check. 
How do you even think that fast? Seriously. I'm sorry, ma'am, your car got declined. May I borrow your pen then, please? Hey, you're listening to Popcorn Finance on Anchor.fm. Question. What type of popcorn do you eat when you're talking about finance? Woo! Positive headspace, man. I That, that call caught me off guard, um, but I had to play it because it made me laugh. And... For me, I guess if I'm eating popcorn while I'm talking about finance, it has to be kettle corn. Regular old butter popcorn is okay, but it gets boring. It's too salty. Gotta go with the kettle corn. And your call, it just made me think of Ric Flair the moment I heard that woo at the end. So I gotta add this to the uh, to my response too. You're talking to the Rolex wearing... Diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! So, for those of you who don't know who Ric Flair is, um, and has nothing to do with finances at all, other than he was really flashy, he talked about spending all of his money all the time, but he was probably one of the most over-the-top, flamboyant, outspoken wrestlers of all time. And um, he was huge in the WWF back in, I think, like the 80s. So there's his background. And if it, just in case you didn't know who that was or what in the world I was talking about when I mentioned Ric Flair. So we left off talking about kind of the origin of our credit system as we know it now and uh, kind of the beginning stages of the development of the credit score. In the last segment, we were discussing the move towards digitization by these credit agencies that are tracking credit history and credit worthiness and the pushback by privacy advocates who were were strongly against having these records put into computer databases uh, because there were fears, just like there are, you know, nowadays, that they weren't sure who would be accessing these records and they didn't really want these stored in these computer databases. And on top of the privacy concerns, there were just general issues with what was being kept in the uh, the actual credit records of, of individuals. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, it wasn't just your payment history or your track record with, uh, with borrowing money. There were a lot of personal details in that data. Things like your race, your gender, who you socialize with, uh, what were your political affiliations. There was just a lot of personal data that was being kept in these records and they're being kept forever. So the criticism from these privacy advocates combined with the general dislike for the personal and private information that was being kept by these credit agencies led to some pretty strong uh, kind of responses from the government. In 1970, Congress passed the Fair Credit Reporting Act and this had some pretty significant changes to just the way the, the credit system worked and what was allowed to happen in this process. One of the biggest changes was that it forced the credit bureaus to open their files to the public. And prior to this, what was in your credit report or your credit history was was pretty mysterious. No one really knew what information that these uh, credit bureaus had on them. The only way you'd really know if it was good or bad is when you actually attempted to, you know, utilize your credit. If you tried to borrow some money or or purchase something on credit, um, based off of the response you're getting, whether positive or negative, you kind of can get an idea of kind of where your standing was. But... You had no idea what was in there and um, and kind of what information they had on you. 
The second big change that this act brought about was the removal of personal data that really didn't have an impact on a person's credit worthiness, things like race, sexuality, or disability. A lot of times these personal details were kept in individuals' credit records and was used to disqualify them from being eligible to, to borrow or to open up lines of credit, and it was based on nothing more than what they look like rather than their actual credit history or ability to, to repay a debt. One more big change that the Fair Credit Reporting Act brought about was the specification of an actual time limit for when uh, negative information would be deleted. Prior to this act, all information was pretty much kept forever. So if you were to ever make a mistake, um, go delinquent on a loan, any minor offense was kept in your records forever. And so when a lender or a merchant uh, went to look at your actual credit file or report, they would see these negative marks regardless of how old they were. And this was a pretty big change because, I mean, we all make mistakes. And imagine you make a mistake when you're very young. And after that point, you decide, you know what, I'm going to be very responsible. I'm going to pay all of my debts on time. I'm going to handle everything as I should. And, you know, 20 years, you have a spotless record, but you always have this blemish from, you know, when you're much younger, that's going to hold you back. So this allowed for, for these past mistakes to be forgiven after a set period of time, which really changed the, uh, the pressure and stigma on, on having these negative marks on your record. So overall, the Fair Credit Reporting Act made some really big and sweeping changes to our, our credit system and really cleaned up a lot of the issues we had and made our system much more transparent and I guess slightly easier to understand. I wouldn't call it easy, but easier to understand kind of what was going on. There was a lot more going on at this time that I didn't get a chance to touch on, just couldn't fit all the information in in this uh, short amount of time. But I would definitely encourage you to go out there and uh, do some more research because it, it's really fascinating and uh, it kind of is amazing all the things that went into making our credit system uh, what it is now. On that note, I'm going to wrap up our discussion for the day on the origins of our credit system and kind of all of these moving pieces that kind of uh, brought together our system as we know it today. All of these background details are kind of leading us towards the development of the FICO score, that big number that we all use to, to judge our credit worthiness and how well we're doing in life. Tomorrow we'll discuss the origins of the FICO score and its kind of evolution over time to what we have today. As always, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to check out what we have going on here at Popcorn Finance. I really appreciate the support and would love to just hear any questions or comments you might have on this topic of our credit system and, uh, and the credit score. I would definitely love to incorporate uh, any of your thoughts or questions uh, into the rest of this week's discussion. I'm going to head out, do some more research and stop talking because... I'm tired of talking now, and I think you've uh, heard my voice enough. So thanks again for listening, and see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining me here on Popcorn Finance. If you like what you've been hearing, please don't forget to favorite the station. To find out more information or keep up on what's new, visit popcornfinance.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Popcorn Finance and on Instagram at Pop Finance. Thanks for listening, and have an amazing day.
podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.